Women Taking the Lead, episode 136. Until you take the leap, your business probably won't take off. And I hate to say that, but you have to put, dive in feet first and get going for, for it to be successful. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Deidre Detterman, who has over 20 years of marketing experience starting on the agency side at Ackerman McQueen Advertising Agency to 10 years in the television industry. Deidre went on to launch niche websites for moms, including 918moms.com, 405moms.com, and moneysavingqueen.com with over 100,000 moms visiting the websites each month. Deidre then followed her true passion in launching D2 Branding, an innovative marketing firm igniting brands to be the market leader in their industry through marketing, public relations, social media, advertising, strategic partnerships, sales, website creation, search engine optimization, content creation, video production, graphic design, and yes, if you can believe it, even more. Deidre, thank goodness. <laughs> I've never heard that read out like that. I, I sound a little busy. <laughs> you do sound busy, and I'm sure we're going to get into that because this, this is just an overview <laughs> of who you are. So if you could, share with us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Yes. Well, I uh, worked in corporate America, you know, out of college and um, actually worked for uh, the advertising agency. So got a little bit of experience there and then went into the corporate world and um, I worked at a television station for uh, Clear Channel Television. They owned a local Fox affiliate and I worked there for over 10 years and, you know, did the whole climb in the corporate ladder and um, was traveling consultant at the end of my career and uh, in corporate, in the corporate world and had, you know, several men kind of doing the same job that I was doing and, and realized when it was time for raises that, that, you know, one of my counterparts who was a male who had been doing it less than, you know, not as long as I had, and he was actually making a lot more money, um, really kind of didn't sit well with me, uh, at the time and went and talked to my boss and he was like, well, it's kind of one of those things, you know, um, they just, they really didn't have equal pay and, and really wasn't something, um, you know, I, that I wanted to continue to do. And, and, and I'm not saying I didn't get paid well, but it wasn't the same as what account my counterpart was making. And so I, um, decided at that point, you know, I think I might do my own thing and, and go be an entrepreneur. And, um, I left corporate America and went and worked, um, or started a couple of mom websites. So 918moms.com and 405moms.com. And they were niche websites for moms in um, the, our local city. So I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So there's one in Tulsa and one in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, thought I'm going to take that determination and everything I've learned in the advertising world, and I'm going to launch some websites. And so I went off and did that and had a lot of success and 
grew them to a hundred thousand, you know, our, our core site had a hundred thousand moms on it, um, coming, visiting every month. And, and we had a TV station, uh, competitor come and say, Hey, we want to buy you. Um, we want to purchase the site. And so we ended up selling the site and working for them for a couple of years. And, um, then I left and started D2 branding. So, which is my consulting firm that I work with now. Wow. You really made your bones in the industry. That's for sure. So, lot, lots of hard work. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. And you've, you've come a long way. You gained confidence. I mean, you know, not everyone, you know, just decides to go off and start a company. Normally when people are dissatisfied with their job, they're thinking, well, I'll find a different job in a different place, but you, you spun off and started your own business and that, that really takes something. But I always love to start these interviews off kind of leveling the playing field saying, take us back to a time when you were playing small, you know, those, those moments when we don't it's not just that we're undervaluing ourselves. We're not even aware of how capable and valuable we are. So we play to the level we believe we are when in reality, and it's usually in retrospect years later, we look back and go, oh my goodness, why, why did I sell myself so short? Why did I not think I could do more? Right. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Well, you know, well, I laugh because my first job out of college, um, my dad, my dad was an accountant by trade. So he's always kind of like, what, this PR thing? Like, what What was your degree? What are you actually going to do with that? You know, he didn't really understand that a whole lot. Um, so I went and worked with for Ackerman McQueen Advertising Agency out of school. And, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I have a college degree. This is going to be great. And I remember my first, my offer was $17,000 a year. You're going to, you're going to like know how old I am now. But, um, you know, this was back in 1995 and, you know, I, my dad's like, call my dad and tell him I'm all excited. And he's like, well, can you, I think you can get food stamps with that. <laughs> like he could, he's like, you have a college degree and they're offering you that. And, and you know, it was kind of one of those in, in this industry, you work your way up and, and the, the people that work hard move to the top and that's just the way it was. Um, and so and I remember my first day walking in and, and my boss, um, and she was just a little tiny thing. I mean, like five foot tall. That's it. And, and maybe like 90 pounds, if even that. And, but she was one of the scariest people <laughs> and she wasn't when I got to know her, but, but she was definitely known as like the bulldog, you know, don't mess with her. And she, she sits me down to where I'm going to sit. And it was the front desk. So I was the front desk girl. And I thought, well, what, you know, I went to college, I went to college, I have a degree in PR marketing. And why would I sit at the front desk? But you know, that was the best thing I could have done. I worked for six months there until I, I moved up and I got to be an assistant media buyer and, and then, and then become a media buyer and do some really cool things. But you know, that, that first, it was definitely those, that humble beginnings where you're like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here at the front desk. And I answered the phone and that, I mean, I had a lot of other tasks I had to do, but there was no better way to learn the business and inside and out than to start at the very, very bottom. And that's what I did and, and had, you know, great experience. And this was back in the days where nobody made overtime. They didn't care about that. You just worked until it, I worked until she left and she never left. She didn't have kids or anything. And so, I mean, we would be there till, 
you know, nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, um, haven't eaten dinner, starving, uh, wondering if, if she's going to leave. And, and that's just what I did. And, you know, if it was a Saturday and she was going to go in and work, she would call me and say, you need to meet me at the office. No notice, no nothing. And I would just drop whatever I was doing and go to the office and do what she wanted. Uh, but she took good care of me. You know, she, I, I ended up making good money and moving up and, and I'll never forget that hard work that I started with that, you know, you're entitled to nothing, you know, you have to work for everything. And, and that was a good lesson. Yeah. And it was a different mentality yes. then, you know, in the workplace, like you, you were saying that, you know, you, you went, you were hired for a job. They sat you at the front desk and you thought, okay, well, this is where they think I'm most valuable. Right. Right. With, with my degree and all of that, you know, and I don't know too many people who nowadays would have stayed. Yeah. It was, and it was definitely tough. I did, I did that. It was, it was two and a half years of working there. Um, and it, it, you know, everyone in town knew of this place and knew that if you were working there, um, you know, it was kind of known as a sweatshop without, for lack of better words. Um, but if you did that and you, you made it that long that, that you had what it took. And so it was really easy for me to transition to the, my next job because they were like, Oh wow, you worked there for two and a half years. Okay. You know, yeah. and it made everything else seem downhill. So it was kind of, I loved the, to start like that because I saw work ethic and people that, was just crazy. And they did amazing things. They had amazing work and, 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 you know, big clients and things like that. And I got to see that mentality. I think that really shaped me. Oh, Deidre, I love that story. Cause as much as like, there's a part of me that's like, no, that's so tragic to be so young working those crazy hours. Oh, yeah. I also know from my own experience that some of the roughest times in my career were the times that shaped me and built me up as an expert. Exactly. in what I'm doing, right? And if you're willing to put into the work, if you see the value in it, and you must have been learning a lot, even though you were at the front desk to, to have you stay there and think, okay, this is worth it. Yes. I, will, I will do the work to find opportunities, you know, to learn and to grow in my career. And it was the price you paid, but it paid off. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I was learning a ton. Yeah. All right, Deidre, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. For some people, it hits them over the head. It's like a lightning bolt. And for others, it's a slow awakening, but culminates in a decision to make action. Yes. If you Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. So when I was doing all that traveling and, and realizing I wasn't making, you know, as much money as male counterparts, I, um, during that time, I had a daughter um, my daughter was, let's see, at the time three, and then my son, I was pregnant with my son and I ended up delivering 12 weeks early. So I delivered at six months instead of nine months. Um, just a complication, you know, they don't even know really exactly. Uh, I kind of had a little tear in my placenta and, you know, all that good stuff. So it just, I ended up delivering emergency C-section and, and had the baby had to come out, um, for both of our safety. And, um, so my son spent 77 days in the NICU, um, the neonatal care and, you know, to, I, I'm an extremely healthy person. So I'll just say that. Like I, I work out, I get up at four 30 in the morning, work out every day, worked out all through my pregnancy, um, in a, in a healthy way. Um, ate everything they told me to eat. Um, you know, I'm just like one of those people. And so for this to happen, I, you know, it set me back and, um, you know, to leave the hospital and not have a baby with you is, is really one of the worst feelings. You know, you see all these new moms around you with 
flowers and balloons and they're leaving with their baby. And I had to leave and go home and come back every day, um, to see my baby in the hospital. Cause I had a three-year-old at home. So I couldn't just stay up there. Um, cause she wasn't allowed. She was too young to come in there. Um, and so, you know, that right there, defining moments like that in your life, I think make you go number one, what's important in life. Um, my, my big job with making great money and traveling all around. And, you know, it was my dream job. If you would have asked me before I had kids, but having kids, it, it's not such a dream job when you're gone all the time. I was home a week, gone a week, home a week, gone a week. It was insane. And so it was really tough on, on my home life and my, my sweet husband, you know, trying to take care of the kids and, or take care of Avery and I'm pregnant. And so when that happened, it really kind of stopped my entire life. And, and, you know, I look back at that year and I, I really don't remember a lot, honestly. Like, I think I was just walking around in a little bit of a daze. Um, and, and I'm happy to say my son is completely healthy and he's so wonderful and he's into sports and he's very athletic and he's doing all these great things. So, you know, by the grace of God, he, um, got through that, but we had a rough start and, and, you know, it was 77 days in the hospital and it was nine blood transfusions that he had to have over that time. And because he would get really weak and, and need to have blood and, um, you know, a year's worth of thinking, oh gosh, he's probably got cerebral palsy. He's got this, he's got that, you know, and just waiting for a diagnosis every day. Um, and he ended up coming out being a, a healthy little boy, but you know, things like that make you realize. And I thought, you know what? I'm done with this corporate thing. I'm done traveling. I'm done, you know, feeling a little bit underappreciated, not, not quite making, you know, what, when you're kind of hearing what counterparts are making. And so I thought it now's the time I'm going to control my own destiny. I'm going to make as much money as I want. I'm going to work the hours that I want. Um, and and it it doesn't mean working easy. It's hard, but it's on my terms. And that, that was really what kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. What a wake up call that is. When something like that happens, it just puts everything into perspective. It really does. Right. Whereas before that, you know, you know, I can only imagine the thought process, you know, while you're healthy, while you're pregnant being like, well, this sucks, but I'll stick it out or this is happening, but I'm not happy about it. And then something like that happens and you're like, nope, no more, not worth it. Done. It really (laughs) literally was just done at that point. Just no more. Wow. Wow. And you know, as hard, again, as hard as those experiences are to go through to, to get that kind of perspective on what the priorities are, makes it so much easier to just make decisions and do what you have to do. Right. And you don't worry about it. There's no guilt there, you know, there's no regret. It's, this was the priority. This is what needed to get done. And I did it. Right. Love that. And Deidre, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. I think oftentimes we get off track when we're trying to lead like somebody else leads because we think that's the right way to be a leader when really what shapes us as a leader is our personalities, our strengths, our experiences, everything that we bring to the table, we bring to the table in a unique way. So Deidre, how would you describe your leadership style? You know, I think I'm, I think maybe it's changed to a little bit over the years. I think early on it was more, um, you know, do this, do that. Maybe, maybe more of a a dictatorship. I hate to say that, but more like, you know, Hey, this is what I expect. And and I was kind of a hard leader when I worked in, in television and, and I, I, I feel, and this is me talking, so I don't know, you have to ask my employees. I was always liked, I was a boss that people liked, but I would, I was really down to business. You know, I was like, this is, we have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. And that's what we're going to do. Um, now that I've had kids and now that I own my own business and, um, 
I have, I work with a lot of contractors now and, and I have an assistant, but I think now I'm maybe a little bit more lenient, uh, more in a way of, of, you know, lead by example, watch me, this is how I do it. Um, you can have a different style because not everybody has my, my same, you know, not everybody wants to get up at four 30 in the morning and get in the office early and all that. I know that's insane. Um, uh, but I like to leave early and be with my kids, you know, that's more of a priority to me. So, you know, I think I'm, I lead, I definitely put the expectations up front of this is what I expect, but I'm a little bit more lenient of, you know, Hey, once you prove to me that you are, um, someone who cares, has the heart for it and willing to learn, then, then I will give you the world, you know, but it's kind of like that little time frame in there of, of trying to figure out, um, exactly, you know, if, if the person means business and, and is going to take it seriously. And if they want to learn, then I'll, I'll give them everything and make sure that they get, get to that point. Yeah. And that's experience talking right there as well as a leader. And you brought up parenting, you know, you know, parents often say I was very different as a parent with my firstborn than with the next one. And for people who have a third, they be, they're a different parent almost for the third one as well. And I know for my parents, cause they had eight children over the course of 10 and a half years, they were parenting very differently in the beginning. Right. <laughs> Than they were for the youngest ones. And I think it's just experience teaches you a lot that as a leader, you know what to look for in people and what to pay attention to. And you let most of the other stuff go. Right. Right. Well, you know, very true. Yeah. Having somebody prove to you in the beginning is more important than, you know, constantly micromanaging. Right. The whole time. Yep. Right. That is true. So. So true. And Deirdre, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? You know, I'd say right now it's kind of scaling my business. I um, have D2 Branding Consulting Firm and I've got um, about 16 clients, regular clients that I work with. And, you know, I get calls every week from, from other people just recommending, Hey, you know, I've heard your name. I got recommended through one of my clients, um, is really scaling beyond me because people pay because they want to talk to me. They want, you know, they know the experience that I have. Um, so to find, to really scale out my business and find more consultants that can work with me, under me, um, maybe don't have exactly my style. And so I struggle with that a little bit, um, you know, trying to find that perfect match and, and because everyone is different, you know, maybe they don't have my exact style and that's okay. So I think kind of overcoming that I'm kind of at that level where I'm comfortable where I'm at, um, you know, the money's good. I, I can come and go as I please. I'm not answering to anyone, but I turn down business, you know, and that's not, I, I consult people on not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> just to be totally honest, but so it's one of those things, just learning to, to really scale. Yeah. And that can be tough too. When you're the face of your business, you're the face of your brand that people think, for this to work, I have to work with you. Right. When the reality is your team knows how to do what you do. Right. Right. And are following your lead and how to do the work, you know, and work with clients that, you know, it's just, it's just figuring out and having that conversation with the clients too. I'll, I'm not currently faced with that challenge, but I know down the road that will be something that I'll be, I'll be dealing with and figuring out as well. So we'll be in touch. Yes. <laughs> So, and Deidre, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Um, you know, thrive15.com is a, a platform that I'm a mentor on. And so Thrive is online education for entrepreneurs. So you can go on and learn from 
you know, we've got all kinds of just amazing entrepreneurs on there. Anyone from Lee Cockrell, who was, um, he actually ran Walt Disney World Resort and had 40,000 employees underneath him and did, you know, for, so talk about scale, you know, somebody like that. But we've got some really fascinating mentors and I teach PR and marketing on the site. Um, and so I'm just really excited that that's one way to definitely scale my business to go beyond just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day I can physically meet with a client, but I can touch millions of people online. And so they're, they're all 15 minute courses where you can go on and just watch anything from sales to marketing to accounting, you know, anything that you would need to know to start or grow a business. Yeah. And I love that you said that because as we were talking about before um, we hit record on this was, you know, I was doing workshops, you know, interacting with women who, you know, were, we were developing their leadership skills and they didn't really see themselves as leaders. And I was trying to think of a way where I can impact more people. And so taking it online is definitely scalable. I mean, and you were talking about scalability earlier as well. You know, when you have something online that's evergreen and people can find it at any time and use it at any time, it really increases the impact that you can have on the world. Yes, absolutely. The internet today, you know, that's how I launched my businesses was online. And it's it's really powerful. You can just do it out of your house and you don't have to have a ton of overhead. And, you know, it's it's a, it gives huge opportunity for people today, I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Deidre, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think, uh, you know, leading by example, I'm, I'm an extremely hard worker and do whatever it takes to get the job done. So, you know, sometimes that means working on the weekend. Sometimes that means uh, putting my kids to bed at night and get online, you know, after work is, is finished. I you know, may do different hours than, than everybody else, but I always get the job done. And so, and I, I'm kind of a leader like that. I don't really care when or how you do it. I just want to make sure it gets done. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so I think leading by example in that way, that work ethic, um, is, isn't, is maybe something positive that my employees get from me. Absolutely. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, one book I'm reading right now is actually called Scale. So it's Scale by Jeff Hoffman and David Finkel. And it's for small business and entrepreneurs. And it's basically teaching you to go from, you know, your little business that you have out of your house to, um, you know, a, a bigger, bigger role, you know, multiple locations, whatever your dream is, X amount of dollars you want to make, you know, you want to be in every city across America, whatever it is, it's a really great, um, guide to, to help you scale your business. So I would say that one is a great one. That is a great one. I'm going to put that on my list. Yes. <laughs> and Deidre, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, I think just to go for it early, you know, I, I always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug in the, in the back of my mind, but I just never knew, you know, gosh, could I do it? Do I have to have enough money? Do I, you know, and, and I started my websites with nothing. I didn't have any money. Um, we just, you know, I wasn't willing to put my, my house up, my mortgage on the line or anything like that to get a loan. I just was out there and just hustled. I knew I had hustle and I knew I could use my relationships. I knew a lot of people and that was the way I was going to get, get to the top. Um, so you don't have to have a million dollars. You don't have to have, um, 
you know, I think if you have an idea, just, just to go for it because you never know until you go for it. And, you know, I'd always tell myself, I worked at Banana Republic and all through college and I laugh because I would always say, you know what, I can always go back to Banana Republic. And that was kind of my saying for anything that we did. I said, you know what, it doesn't work. I go back to Banana Republic. Like who cares? You can find a job, you know, you know, you're marketable doing something. Um, and so I just, you know, and, and I, I think I see people a lot that have that corporate job, but then they're trying to start something on their own and they just are riding that fence until you take the leap, your business probably won't take off. And I hate to say that, but you have to put dive in, you know, feet first and get going for, for it to be successful. Right. I love that. Just get it started yes. and see where it goes. Yes. Perfect. Now, Deidre, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, one of my favorite quotes is actually from Oprah and, you know, talk about a woman who's in charge and has done amazing things in leadership. So it's, it's called passion. Everybody has a calling and your real job in life is to figure out as soon as possible what that is, who you are meant to be and begin to honor that in the best way possible for yourself. I love that. I think we can all learn, learn a thing or two from Oprah. Yes. And why does that quote have meaning for you? You know, I think the, the passion part, I, I, you can probably tell in my voice, I'm a very passionate person. Like I don't like to do anything just halfway. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to dive all in and, and give it my all. Um, and so I just think, you know, anything that you have passion behind, you can be successful at. So if you really love, you know, whatever that is, whether it's photography or, you know, writing or whatever it is, if you dive in, um, you know, with, with passion, then it's hard to stop somebody that has that fire within them. It really is. It is. Yeah. And they rally people around them. Yes. As well. Yes. Because they are so passionate. And, and I've seen the calmest, most introverted people light up when they were talking about what they were passionate about and you couldn't help but get drawn in. Yes. And want to be a part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. <laughs> All right, Deidre, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? You can find me. And actually, uh, when I was talking about Thrive15.com, I actually have a, a 15-day or I think it's 14-day free trial that anyone can go on and watch all my videos. And, and it's um, if you go to Thrive15.com, the code is MOM, M-O-M. So that is a great way to, you know, learn about my videos. You can also find me at d2branding.com and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that fun stuff. You are easy to find. Yes. <laughs> they, no one should have any excuses that they couldn't find That's you right. out there. That's right. That's right. Awesome. And for those of you who are listening, I know oftentimes you're on a run or in the car, you know you can find all the links and resources that we shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Deidre, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun, Jody. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.